This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Maybe I went into it for somewhat of the wrong reasons of like being back in the bachelor light a little bit and going back into that world a little bit, which I'm not super proud of. I thought I was like removed from that uh, mindset a little bit, but clearly there's were still some of that going on underneath. It was a time where we weren't sure we were going to make it, to be honest. I think both of us were like, oh shit. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time hearing about this, so no. I'm just kidding. No. Um, You're yeah, okay, I'm Let's take a breath. <sighs> hey guys, I'm Cindy Litwako, and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. So I'm jumping on here for this first initial part because unfortunately, we had some technical issues this week. Honestly, don't know what happened. And as a perfectionist, I have a really hard time putting out something that doesn't feel to me like the best it can be. But I loved this episode that we recorded and all the things that we talked about this episode that my fiance and I did together this past week about our experience on tour and all the stuff that we learned while I was away. We were very open, honest, very raw. So almost the audio not working makes sense for what we discuss. So luckily it wasn't lost. I had recorded it on my camera. So I was able to extract the audio from that because the actual microphone audio that I recorded just didn't exist. Instead of having to redo it all and feel like the episode was kind of contrived after we'd already recorded it, I decided, you know what, we're just gonna, we're gonna make it the best that we can and we're gonna still put it out there. And I think with what we discuss, it's kind of the perfect form that it needs to be in with how raw everything is and how much we shared and we're open. I just felt like maybe an imperfect audio was meant to be. So I got it as clear as I could. It still sounds fine. Probably to the naked ear, it will be okay. But to me, it wasn't. Um, The only thing is that you get to hear Dixie kind of scurrying around and snoring for most of it. Um, So it feels very much like you're in the room with us because that's basically what it always sounds like at our house, Dixie snoring uh, below us. She is a bulldog if you guys are not familiar with her. So I just wanted to make sure I precursed this episode with that info, and I hope that doesn't take away from all of the what I feel like are great things in this episode. So without further ado, here is Nick and I. And we are matching today. We're both in gray. He hates when we match, but we match almost every time we get dressed. I just I always get dressed first, though, is the main. I come out from a different room dressed, and he's usually wearing the same color. And then out of spite, he'll change. Which is probably what's going to happen. Yeah, now that I pointed it out, I shouldn't have said anything. Um, But the reason why he hasn't been on the podcast in a few months is because I was away for two and a half months. Mm And we're going to get into a lot of that story today. We want it to be a very casual episode where we just openly talk about the experience that we just had that was super unique and not going to lie, very challenging on both of us, not only individually, but as a couple as well. So we're going to have a full open hearted conversation today about all of the ins and outs of that. 
Um, before we get into all of that, Nick, I want to just get a little update from you. How are you doing? Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. To all the moms out there, including one that we just found in our yard. So That's what I thought you were talking about, <laughs> about when you said... We just went through something very challenging that tested both of us. I was like, she's talking about the mouse. That we no, I'm talking about tour, but actually <laughs> we just went through another trial as a couple. It's the second rodent we've had to deal with as a couple. Yeah. It will, it'll really change you. You know, it'll really show the people's true colors. Uh, yes. Mine are not shown. good. <laughs> So basically, we were going in the yard today. It's, it's a lovely Sunday, and we were tossing the ball around with Dixie. We were letting her run around, get some exercise, and we wanted to open up all of our... We have a little cute outdoor furniture set that we got last summer, and we haven't sat on it all year because it's been winter, so we decided to open everything up, you know, take off all the covers, put the cushions back on the chairs. I decided, oh, the egg chair that I got for my birthday last year, it's still covered up. I'm going to open it. So I did, as you do, you unzip it, you start taking off the top. And then as I was revealing the cushion, I see this little, little lovely field mouse scurry out of the pillows with what I I thought I saw little babies on its back. I, this happened very fast because naturally I ran screaming into the yard. She made a her. scene, is what she did. <laughs> yeah, our neighbors got to witness quite a scene and some interesting sounds coming out of my mouth from your perspective. Was that how it went? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought we discussed at the end of last year that we were going to remove all of the cushions Yeah. before we covered anything. We might have. Didn't happen at all. So she left blanket in there, pillow, yeah. plus the cushion that goes on the chair. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a perfect environment for something to live there. I, I specifically <laughs> told her last year at the end, take everything out of there because like that, that's a perfect environment for something to live in there. I guess I didn't specify on the mouse part, but yeah. I said something was going to You would have said mouse, I would have done it. I think in a past life, something happened to me with mice because every time I think about it or see it or anything related to them, I almost shut down physically and emotionally. It's giving me flashbacks. When I used to live in New York, they were just, you were among rats all the time. And one got into my apartment one time and I think I almost had a heart attack. Also, if you live in New York and yeah. look down upon people who live in Ohio, remember you live amongst actual rats. That, you know, that doesn't happen I here. I think it is building, it builds strong character. Uh, but I wouldn't. Definitely a strong immune system. So yeah, there was one week in my apartment where there was a little mouse that got in. It was winter because it's freezing outside. They tend to come inside during those winter months and it got in and it was on my stovetop and I remember seeing it and I immediately just started sweating and shaking and then I ran into my bedroom and my parents had to basically coax me out of I like didn't have to pee I didn't eat I didn't do anything I was like this is where I live now you can have the apartment I will just I'll I'll call it quits in here this is it for me so it brought me back to that and I didn't handle it well I didn't take it well but now I'm one of those people I think has to learn a lesson the hard way when it comes to I wish you that I wish you didn't <laughs> and now <laughs> I yeah when this originally happened to me in New York I had to deal with it by myself but now I have a fiance so now it's become your problem I'm so sorry about that mm. so you were what happened after I left because so for <laughs> anyone out there who may live amongst mice in their in their spare time and thinks that they are a animal lover or whatever and they're gonna have something to say 
about the handling of this. Just go ahead and pipe down because I did it by the book. I walked away. I allowed the mom to gather her baby. I mean, these were very, these were newborn Mm-hmm. Mice. I mean, they couldn't even open their eyes. Happy Mother's Day, by yeah. the way. <laughs> so I allowed her to get all of that out, get all of those baby mice out, mm-hmm. take them wherever. I think I saw her take them under the deck for shelter right now, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, as long as they're not in the house yep. or anywhere Sydney can see them. Or near Dixie. Um, or near Dixie, yeah, they, would, they wouldn't want to be near her. Mm-hmm. But did everything by the book, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want anyone coming for me, all yeah, right? That's, that's it. Precursor. I did it by the book. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to say. All right. They're safe. I didn't kill them. Mm-hmm. I let mm-hmm. them live under the deck for now. Yep. And we removed any other things that may attract them. We'll coexist. For now. <laughs> yeah. I've learned my lesson. I'll never leave cushions out again. I understand. I'm so sorry that it took this much for me to gather that information, but I've heard it loud and clear. And we're moving on. I've saged the house for no reason. It has nothing to do with it, but it just made me feel better. Let's get into, before we jump into tour and our experience, I wanted to, to give a little update. Nick is hilarious with how when he gets something he really loves or really cares about it or it's his latest thing, he wants to tell everyone he knows. He tells all of his friends. He brings it up to pretty much every. You're like the best salesperson there is when you really like something. So what's your products lately that you've been really loving um number one is the aura ring mm-hmm. yes this is not a wedding band or this is not me getting ready for marriage or pretending it's a good it's way a, for you to practice though. it's like a sleep well it's it's a fitness tool as well but it, it monitors your sleep it monitors a bunch of different things body temperature mm-hmm. it's a lot of what the whoop does and more so if you listen to the last episode i was on i think i you were talking about the whoop. i was talking about the whoop yeah. but i'm done with the whoop now i am on to the aura ring. he's moved on i've moved on it's, it's a lot easier to wear. I was tired of wearing that on my wrist. It mm-hmm. was kind of bulky. Got caught on stuff a lot. This ring is really lightweight and it is expensive. The yeah. initial cost, but cost of ownership is very low. I mean, it's like five bucks a month, which is less than you pay for Netflix. So, True. And this one's a lot more beneficial to your health. Mm-hmm. So, I think those got very popular. If any of you watched this season on Netflix, you, this past season, there was a scene, I don't want to give anything away, but basically all of the people who were well off had those like heart tracker rings. I think they kind of went onto the market then. Yeah. Now they're like, everywhere. I personally want one myself, but I'm not allowed to get one until I sell the flooring that he bought to redo our kitchen floors. So my goal right now is to sell that and then I'm going to get myself a nice gold aura ring. She says herself when I pay for the flooring <laughs> and I also will be paying for the ring. So... <laughs> Let's, uh, let's keep it in perspective here. <laughs> what's mine is yours now. Jeez. What is the Aura Ring track specifically? Like, what are What's the comparison between Aura and Rib? I feel like you could give us a nice Yeah. So, comparison. resting heart rate. Um, there's an activity goal mm-hmm. that you have each day, you know, like tracks that progress. Heart rate, um, beats per minute. It tracks your, your readiness to actually take on the day. So, like, if you didn't get a whole lot of sleep, like, it's going to give you a score out of 100. And based off that, you can say, hey, I need to kind of get after it today mm-hmm. or I should probably take it easy, which is this is why it's, it would be so beneficial for Sid because she doesn't. I feel um, like I always have to she, get after she it. She always has to get after it. Like she doesn't know like when to turn it off uh-huh. when in reality, she thinks that it's like bettering her by just getting after it every single day. But in reality, it could be hurting you if you're if you're overexerting yourself or you're getting too much after it Yeah, every day and not taking 
the necessary rest that your body needs. So it would be nice to have an excuse to take days off, which I, I know I have that excuse, but it, it's nice to have data. Would you say it tracks more accurately than the movement? It's hard to say because I've never, you would have to like go to the doc, the doctor and have this stuff tested mm-hmm. wearing both of them as well. And like get, get the readings from not only your doctor, but this, mm-hmm. from what I hear, this is more accurate, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of hard to tell. Plus, when I, when you think about my whoop, like some of my some of my numbers were really really low when it came to like the amount of rest I got, mm-hmm. but I was I, I would feel fine that day. So something to me felt off there. That's kind of the first um, time I thought about getting something else other than that because yeah. I was like this this is off. Like there's no way that I'm operating on this little sleep. I think at one point one night when you're on tour, I got literally like thirty minutes thirty minutes of sleep. Yeah. Which is, I mean, if I, I, I did not get any sleep last night, I can tell you that, but I feel like it was maybe a little bit more than 30 minutes. Yeah. And I think the only downfall about it is the colors that you want are obviously the more expensive ones. Like the gold one is yeah. 300. I yeah, think. I think it's Same much. thing with, is that the gray matte one? Yeah. The black one is also more expensive. No, the black's not. Oh, the, so black yeah, the ones that are... the colors that you're going to lean towards wanting are the more expensive ones naturally, but he highly recommends it. Yeah. Free ad, by the way. Yes. We tried. Yeah. We tried to collaborate with them. Heard nothing. I reached back, out so. to him shamelessly. Yeah. He was about to be an ambassador. No, I wasn't Doesn't about to be. I, I <laughs> signed tried. up for it and I absolutely don't have any followers. I don't have an influence over anyone. Yeah. Doesn't even like I don't even have an influence <laughs> over Dixie. So, oh um, yeah. I don't like doing social media. But he, so was, I kinda, he was ready for it. For, I, was, I mean, I'll, I'll continue to plug him. If yeah, they want to we'll throw some merch my way. But So that's an honest review. My latest thing that I've gotten into um, is skincare. We have an episode coming out very soon uh, with the women of Clear Stem. Changed my life. Um, so I've been really trying to get specific on what I'm putting on my skin. I was having really bad breakouts during tour. I think one, because of stress. And two, just because my uh, lifestyle was changing a little bit. My food and eating habits. Um, so my skin is going crazy. But right at the end of tour, I got very, very ill. I had a really bad stomach bug, you know, shit hit the fan literally. And then after I got an antibiotic prescribed to me, I took it for three days, finished the antibiotic. And then a few days after that, I started breaking out in hives. I might be allergic in general to antibiotics. It's not the first time this has happened. This happened with a different one. So that's not great. So I try not to take them that much, but I was pretty much on my deathbed those last few days. Anyways, I broke out in hives and if you know the feeling, it's super uncomfortable. Nothing was really making it go away. You kind of just have to write it out. But I did try. I had been recommended this by my facialist, uh, Witch Hazel. I have it in like the ointment aisle. I mean, you put it on my back. It literally would start drying it out the next day. I've heard uh, pros and cons about it. I got a lot of DMs when I shared it. People were like, I use this every night. It's it's so healthy and clean. And I swear by it. I put it on as, a, as an astringent every night and it clears my skin up. And then I had like one or two people say, be careful with it. It does strip your face of natural oils. So try it at your own risk. Ask your dermatologist. But I definitely want to try it when I am having breakouts in the future. I feel like it at least for hives was incredible. It's supposed to help with inflammation and getting out redness and all that stuff. So very cheap um, thing that I've been using lately, but swear by it. Love it. So I just wanted to update you on what we've been using, what we've been obsessing over. And I think we should get into our experience. So 
like I said, I wanted to be very open in this conversation. I am grateful that I got to have this experience and go back on tour and get to dance and perform a little bit. Um, so I am grateful for that, but we want to talk through how it went for us, how it kind of affected our relationship and all of the things like that. So to start off, I'll say tour the idea for it coming back when we originally ended the first time around was 2020. I had done it for probably a month. It was me and three other dancers with Ben and Becca as the host. We made it through pretty much all of the West Coast and then we were heading East, but got cut short right around then. Um, so unfortunately we got canceled because of COVID and we thought we were going home for two weeks. It obviously turned into much longer and we weren't sure if it was ever coming back. But I ran into Becca at Ben's wedding and she had spoken about it coming back. We had, had heard rumors that it was going to be coming back around. So around that was around like right before Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. I had heard rumors that tour was coming back. So in that time period, in the back of my mind, I thought, okay, tour is coming back. I might be going back on tour soon. So that's kind of where, when it came onto the radar for me. It wasn't until, was it December that I got an email like out of the blue asking if I wanted to come back. I'm pretty sure it was later than that. Later than that? I'm yeah, it was sure after it was we got engaged. A couple weeks before you were. Yeah, so when I left in March. So I want to say in our, around February, I got a cold email from the woman who ran the tour last time about potentially wanting to come back. It was very vague. It just listed out the dates that they were going. And that was the first time I had heard of it. And I said, yeah, I would love to come back. I'd definitely be interested if you would want to have me back. Did I tell you about it at this point? Did you, I think you told me about it, but you, there was no like decision that was made, yeah. I guess. They just had asked me at this point. They were the, yeah, they, they don't, I don't even know if they had asked you. Cause I remember asking you like, does that mean that they want you to be on it? Or mm. are they just telling you that it's coming back? Like, yeah. And that's when you were like, I don't really know. Because, the email was very big. Yeah. And then it was weeks that went by. I hadn't heard anything. And then I randomly, I think, got an email from my agent saying, hey, they'd like you to come back. Here's the dates. Uh, are you interested? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, I would love to come back. Let me know. Give me some information and we'll go from there. And this is when I think I, I told you about it. I was on it when I actually heard from my agent because then it became real. Did we have a discussion then? What we happened? did not. We did okay. not have a discussion. I think this is where I think a lot of people would probably be surprised. Mm -hmm. But there was no like, hey, do you think this is something that we could do? Like, are you okay with this? Like, is this something that I can do? Like for you personally? There was not really any of that. It was just kind of like, so remember when the tour reached out to me? Well, they do want me to come back and I'm going to be leaving on these days. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I do remember a phone call when they reached out originally with the cold email where I talked to you at work and I had said they reached back out. Do you think that would be okay? Like we vaguely talked about it, but it was over the phone and we didn't sit down and discuss it, but you were like, yeah, I mean, we, we can work it out. Yeah. I think what I said was, well, do they, are they like for sure wanting you to come back or is this just like an email kind of gauging your interest? Mm -hmm. or like just letting you know that it's happening. And you were like, ah, I don't really know because it was kind of vague from the email. I said, all right, well, until we find out more, let's just, there's no need to kind of discuss it until, and that's, I mean, that's a mistake on my part. I should have been like, no, we need to get ahead of this. Like, but in my mind, I'm thinking one, I didn't know if it's something that she actually really wanted to do again. Two, 
it was a really cool idea to me. Like I was like, that's sweet. Like, yeah, you should go back on tour. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, nothing was set in stone. So I was just kind of like, yeah, we'll talk about it when, like when we know more essentially. Which in my brain, when I have heard of something or an idea gets presented, I then fantasize and create something in my head of me imagining me going forward with it. So I think that's what happened. Once I got the initial email, I created this fantasy and I had process it for myself because I had processed it so far along in my head. I thought in a way that we had discussed it or that you were okay with it just because I had gotten myself there, but I don't think I realized, oh, we didn't fully discuss this as a couple. <laughs> I was just kind of, my mind was made up just because I thought I had the go ahead from that first initial phone call with you. And it turns out that wasn't necessarily the case, which mm-hmm. is fine. I think what had happened when I had gotten the initial offer and the contract I presented it to you and I think you saw from my perspective that my mind was already made up. So you didn't really need to discuss it or didn't want to discuss it necessarily just because it didn't seem like there was anything to discuss. Yeah. I mean, at that point it was kind of like, okay, she's already made her mind up about this. Like I can either be a jerk and tell her that this is a little too soon or that now is not a good time. But I decided at that moment that whatever I was going through, at work, whatever I was going through personally, whatever we were going through as a couple could be put on hold because she obviously, she made this decision to do this. She wants to do this. So I need to do everything I can to just be supportive of it. And that's kind of what I chose to try and do. You know, I think in my mind, I thought it was okay because we had, I was telling myself, we've done this before. We met apart. We met and did long distance and that turned out great. Look at us now. Why wouldn't we be able to do this again? So that was in the back of my mind. And I did want to perform again. I'd been missing that. And it was like an opportunity had landed in my lap to go do that again. So I kind of ran at the opportunity. I didn't realize this at the time, but it was almost like a little piece of my old self that I was getting to relive by doing this, which was exciting because before it was it was before the pandemic it was before everything got shut down there was just like little month that I had that was really special and I loved and I wanted to go back and re-experience that so that's what our, our mindset was kind of going forward into it we were like okay we'll support each other we'll figure it out you know you're gonna do this thing we'll be fine you don't you don't actually realize how much time that is yeah and how much can short. happen in that amount of time mm-hmm so I think part of me also, even though like I had no say in the decision, it was already made when it was brought to me, essentially, I still was like, okay, yeah, this is not, this is two and a half, two and a half months, like three months. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Like it's, it's going to be fine. You, you know, she goes out of town all the time. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's fine. I think the line was, we have our whole lives to be together. Like we'll, we'll make it through two months. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, So that was kind of our mindset going into it. I think we were a little taken aback by how difficult difficult it was almost immediately once I was gone. I mean, the packing process was difficult. I mean, you would pack for two months. And then I remember the day I was leaving, I was very sad. I cried a lot. I cried when I hugged Dixie. I cried when I hugged you. And you were kind of strong for the both of us. You didn't really like get too emotional. And you're like, well, you're going to have a ton of fun. I don't think it really hit me at that point. Yeah. Like I, th- I was still being like, yeah, she's going to be sad. You need to keep it together. This is for her. Like you're doing this f- 
so she can like live out her dreams of performing again. Like I, I knew that she wanted to perform again. Like I just didn't know if it would ever, that day would ever come or how I was going to react to it or handle it when it did. Yeah. But I knew that she wanted to, and I wanted her to, I still want her to, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll get into a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, yes, I went, it was really exciting at first. Um, we weren't really sure what the t- uh, show was going to be because we didn't have Ben anymore. It was just me and another dancer, Blake, um, and Becca was the host. So it was a very different show, but we were doing kind of the same experience. Essentially how it worked was Becca hosted it. There was a bachelor from past seasons. So we had one per week. We had like Andrew and Connor and all these guys come one per week. Um, and then Blake and I did all of the dance tracks and facilitated the women that we brought from the audience. Each show, we had 10 women from each show who got to come on stage and do a like mock experience of a bachelor season. We did group dates and rose ceremonies and all of that fun stuff. But essentially it was like a fan experience that we got to be part of, which was great. Um, I had a couple dances in it and I was performing, but it wasn't exactly, it didn't feel the same as it did with the past show. There were some changes made. The last show was kind of a dating show. So there was that exciting element of it. And I think my mindset when I was originally in it was a single woman, like taking what I could get. I was kind of a struggling dancer and wasn't getting booked a lot. and was just like excited for a new experience, but then going back after having two years go by, it's not, doesn't always look the same from different eyes, which I had realized almost pretty quickly. And then as far as us as a couple communication wise, it, it was hard almost immediately. The first few days we had very long rehearsals and I didn't have a lot of time where I could talk to you. Yeah. And on top of that, you're on a three hour time difference. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it was a struggle. The times where you, where I could talk, you were rehearsing the times when she was finally able to talk. I was, I had been asleep for three hours. Like, Yeah. <laughs> and you had decided to distract yourself. You wanted to redo our whole kitchen. Well, <laughs> I redid the floors. <laughs> I redid the whole basically kitchen. Basically, you're doing the whole kitchen though. So his, his plan was in order to keep his mind off what was going on was to renovate our kitchen floors, which are lovely and beautiful, but it was not an easy process. You were doing it by yourself. I was recently away. Now you're dealing with working from home, doing the floors on the weekends or at night when you could, and then Dixie being here and having to wash her. So I was completely removed. So I think that had an effect too, where you were exhausted and frustrated. And when we would talk, it would be like frustration or in the middle of something and there was like a week of us really not being able to talk at all which made it kind of difficult so i think we quickly saw how it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be when we originally did long distance i would have my entire evening to sit on facetime and chat or text throughout the day where i didn't really have a lot of time especially in that first initial week but then i kept saying like don't worry most of our days are free i'm gonna have so much time to talk like it's gonna be great don't worry But we realized I really didn't have a lot of time to talk. My schedule was completely uprooted. I was trying to get used to sleeping on a bus, trying to get sleep at all. I mean, the first few days I had to take naps because I really wasn't sleeping and trying to work at the same time. Also doing this new show and being in a new city and wanting to see stuff. So there was all these extra elements that we didn't take into account when we thought, oh, we could do this. I don't know. I, it just felt like I was, and I've said this a couple times, and I know that it rubbed you the wrong way, but at the end of the day, like, it's just how I felt. Like, I felt at times that I was, like, I had lost the Sydney that, like, I fell in love with and am now engaged to. Mm-hmm. It felt like, it felt like I was just talking to someone again. 
Like it felt like we were just dating and yeah. like doing the long distance thing. And that's when it was like really real to me, I guess, because mm-hmm. we had talked a little bit after you made your decision about like, hey, listen, this is not in order for us to really get through this and like work, like we have to be in communication with one another. Like even if we don't talk like in a given day, that's fine. We still need to understand that we are not single anymore. I'm constantly worrying about where she is and like if she's okay. Cause I don't know the people that you're on tour with. I obviously hear things about them and I, you know, I know that you were very close with Blake and Becca and like I love Becca. I love, you know, Thomas. Like they're they're great people, but everybody else I don't know. And like your your fiance is on a tour bus with people you don't know. She's in a different city every single night, places that I don't know and she doesn't know. Like you're just hoping that she's she's safe. You know, like you're just worrying about her constantly. And like, that's, that was kind of where my mind was at. And like, I get people can say, well, it's not your, like, you shouldn't have to worry about it. Like she's a strong independent woman. Like, okay, good for you. Like you can say that all you want, but like, I'm, that's how I am. You know, if my little sister went away somewhere, like I'm going to naturally worry about her. And if she's doing okay, and if she's, you know, if the people around her who um, are supposed to be looking after her and having her back are actually doing that. And if you don't know those people, you don't know if that's going on. And it's nothing against them. It's just, that's how the human mind works. Mm -hmm. Like when there's somebody you love and care about deeply, they're taking, taken away from you for two and a half months, regardless of what it is that's taking them away, you're going to worry about them 24 seven. Like even when I would FaceTime her, like while she was walking somewhere, like down the street and the whole time I'm like, I hope somebody doesn't like give her any trouble or like, I hope, you know, she's paying attention to like cars coming. Like, it's just a constant, I don't know how to explain it. It's a constant, like, like stream of anxiety and worry. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's me individually as a, as someone who's always had anxiety and like I've always, has always been a little nervous warrior. You can ask my mom about that. She thinks it's hilarious. But that's just how I am. It was a two and a half to three month process of just waking up worried, going to bed worried and worrying every hour, minute, second in between that I wasn't in communication with you. And and again, that started early on. So early on, I realized I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this like I thought I would. There was a lot of unknowns that we didn't realize were going to take place and we immediately were faced with them. And I think the other thing that was hard for me was you would come on the phone and maybe be like frustrated or anxious and that would happen. And then I, I think that especially initially, I was just trying to focus on what I was doing and then this new experience. And it was almost easier for me initially because everything was new and I had things to distract myself for, for you, you were kind of living our old life with not, without me in it on top of just having to worry about where I was and what was going on. I don't think I fully could grasp what you might have been going through. I think that was hard and I kind of got that towards the end. Um, And there was also this struggle that we had was like building intimacy or just like feeling same way that we do in person over the phone. And if you ever had to do this, I think you can understand what I mean. It's like there's this physical barrier that you have between you. I didn't realize how physical I was naturally. I think I'm always like on top of you and very affectionate. And I feel like I give and almost experience love by like touching and being that way. And because I didn't have that to lean on, I was like we were having a hard time like fully connecting. Like we were still fine and like having good conversation. But there would be moments of like disconnect I feel like we had. So as that went on, I think we just started struggling and not every day was bad. Like some days we'd be really good. We'd be in a good spot and have great, a great day. But then some days were just like hard and it was constantly an up and down of that. So, which is, I mean, that's life, yeah. you know, like there's, there's days still 
Or there was days before the tour where I would come home from work and just like be in my own head and like, like I had, you know, had a bad day at work and I, I dealt with a lot, dealt with a lot of different personalities and you come home and you like struggle to verbalize that. Well, put hundreds of miles between you and a computer screen mm-hmm. or a cell phone and it's like it magnifies that. Yeah. And if you can't like work through that in that moment, then it's going to carry you over into the next day and your next day is going to start like shit. Yeah. So there's nothing to really decrease that intensity because you can't t- hold hands. You can't hug. There's nothing else that you can do besides like talk. And a lot of times we would just like sit and stare at each other because we were like very frustrated, love each other so much, but couldn't figure out how to like work through this, this shift that was going on. Um, so that was kind of like a lot of our communication every day. I think what was good about it, we, is how much we learned about ourselves and each other. It took a while for us to get there. I think what I started learning was one, this tour was not what I thought it was. It was not the same experience that I either experienced two years ago or I imagined it to be. I think when you go through something so quickly like that and it was like really exciting and all this great stuff, you can almost fantasize it and like miss what that was. And I, and I almost immediately realized, oh, this is not the same thing. I'm not, I'm not getting the same feelings that I did before. So that was difficult. So then in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, well, I gave up all this and I'm I'm putting all this pressure on my relationship for kind of what, like it was a good experience. Yes. And there was some good times, but there was also just like, oh, this is not the same thing. And for example, like they weren't treating us as well as they did before they were putting us in really sketchy hotels the first night that i was there i had to go to la a few days early to learn the show which was fine i was okay with that but they put me in a best western and i was in a weird part of la and it, all i heard was like sirens all night and the walls were really thin and i just kept feeling like someone was coming through my front door so my anxiety level was so high i was by myself in this weird spot of town and i was like i don't feel comfortable or safe here and it felt very like dirty and not nice. And I, I, maybe that sounds bougie, but I just physically felt unsafe. And I couldn't call you. I couldn't really call anyone. I was trying to call my brother to maybe stay at his apartment, but it was pretty late at night. And we also had all these rules with COVID. So we couldn't really go over to anyone else's houses. We had to be where they put us. So then I was really frustrated. I was like, why am I being put in this really sketchy situation when I'm the only one here and I'm coming early and helping you guys out? So I ended up that night driving myself to a hotel that I had remembered I had stayed in in the area from being on The Bachelor. And I spent $300, dropped it, got in a hotel at like 1230 in the morning and just slept there and then went to rehearsal, went to rehearsal the next day. So that was kind of an example of how it began. And there was more examples of that that kind of happened throughout the two months. So it was very frustrating for me and for him to watch and not be able to like really help or do anything. I think that's the biggest like misconception of our friends and family mm-hmm. like i know my family personally probably thought that the the most difficult thing for me was the fact that sydney was just not here which yeah that sucks yeah. like obviously but it also the biggest thing for me was the fact that I, I had to just sit here and listen to her tell me how she was being treated and like the situation she was being put in And I just had to be okay with it. And like, there's nothing I can do to help. So like, that is where on top of my normal worrying, that was almost like crippling for me. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of times that we talked on the phone. Like I couldn't even, I couldn't even verbalize how, how crippling it was to me. It's just me being the person that I am. But because of the situations that we're both being put in, it's, everything is just magnified. And a little bit what happened for me unintentionally was I was 
being plopped back into almost my old life and my a lot of my old mindsets about how I view things. And for me as a dancer, a lot of the times I accepted maybe mistreatment or not being treated super well as a good thing. Like if you were getting paid and you had a dance job, you were supposed to be like grateful for the opportunity, which I was, but then you would allow kind of some mistreatment to happen or things that would might happen, which, cause you were just like so grateful that you had the experience to finally dance. So I think that my mindset kind of flipped back into that weirdly enough. I just, I was so used to that life and like used to that treatment and used to that old way of thinking that I kind of plopped myself back into that. And I think he saw that and was like, what are you doing? Like, who is this person? Like, why are you okay with being treated this way? And I, I would say like, oh, this is just, this is normal behavior. This is like, this is what I'm used to. So I think that was also difficult. I was kind of grappling with, oh, I don't have to be treated like this or things don't have to go like this, but I'm so used to it being like this. So this just feels normal to me. So that was hard. And then I also think I realized I might've gone into the process with what I thought was me like performing again and getting this opportunity, which there was layers of that. But I think in the back of my mind or maybe subconsciously, I was trying to prove something to myself or trying to prove that I was like still worthy of this world. I mean, I've been on The Bachelor, what, three years ago now. So I've been removed from the situation and it was a really exciting time in my life. So it was nice to have like a little piece of that back. So I maybe I went into it for somewhat of the wrong reasons of like, being back in the bachelor light a little bit and going back into that world a little bit, which I'm not super proud of. And that's not what I realized was what I was going into it as. And I thought I was like removed from that uh, mindset a little bit, but clearly there's were still some of that going on underneath. So that was another thing that we kind of like learned through that process that I might've gone into it for not the right reasons Quote, unquote. <laughs> I wouldn't say not the right reasons, because if you remember why you went on this to begin with, initially you were like, I just, I know this might be my last time. I'm like my last, like, hoorah or whatever, yeah, which I personally, I've said this multiple times. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's not, especially now that I've had a chance to actually see you dance. Like, I hope it's not the last time. So I don't think it's necessarily that you like went on for the wrong reasons, but I think you put up with a lot. Because of the wrong because reasons. Because of the, yeah. for, for the wrong reasons, you put up with a lot while you were there. Yeah. Which and I, I think that's what really frustrated me for you, mm-hmm. which, you know, again, maybe it's not my place, but we're also getting married. So, yeah. you know, anything that bothers you is going to bother me. We had this like epiphany kind of halfway through where it was like, oh, I'm accepting mistreatment or some mistreatment because I am trying to get a little piece of this life or what I used to have. And I thought it was for this other reason, but I'm actually doing it for this reason. And I think we learned a lot and it was very eye opening for me. And I went through this process of like, okay, I need to what what is this about me that I care so much about this life or what people think of me. Like, why am I holding on to this so much? So it was very eye-opening for me. And like, I learned a lot and I kind of checked myself and we, it was really like emotional for both of us. Um, But the hard part of it was, was like, okay, well, I'm still in this situation now for another month. Like, 
I've learned all these things and then my eyes are open, but I, I'm still here and I have to still finish this job out, which was, I mean, it was, it wasn't all negative. I don't want people to think like, oh, it was a horrible experience. Like everything was bad, but there was just all these layers that were happening. And again, just our eyes are open to a lot because of the conversations we had or the situations I was put into. And I think a lot of, not to come to anyone's defense or anything, but like you could just tell a lot about this um, tour was there was a lot of moving parts and a lot of things were kind of based upon like the last tour. Mm -hmm. And I think they were originally thinking that they were going to get a little, a little bit more turnout in some of the shows. So, you know, shows had to be canceled because they're just, the ticket sales weren't there. Like that's nothing that they can really control. Mm -hmm. Um, So then they had to make decisions about where they were going to, you know, put you guys up for the, for the night. Yeah. And like sometimes not in the best, not in the best parts of town, not in the best hotels to begin with. So I don't think they were intentionally trying to make it a bad experience, but like I think the entirety of it was just kind of poorly planned. Yeah. Um, and they didn't really have a lot of Plan Bs, you know. Yeah. So. Like, thank God none of us got sick, but there was no, it didn't seem like there was any plan if me, Blake, or Becca were to get ill because I did get ill towards the end and there was no like, well, we could do this and this and this. It was kind of like, are you good? Do you need snacks? Like, are we going to make it to snacks? Which, yeah, they were very good about, from what I heard. <laughs> yeah, they were They great. were good about like, hey, what, what do you need? That, yeah. You know, what do you, you know, what can we get you like to help you feel better? But at the same time, it's like, I need a, I need a doctor, yeah. my guy. Like, I need, I need a medical attention. I was ill. Yeah. Super ill. So, I don't know. So, I guess to sum all of that up, I'm not going to say I regret going back or doing the experience. One, I think just from what you and I learned and what we kind of overcame as a couple through the process, I think we'll be able to take that and utilize it so much moving forward. There were some highs, but there's a lot of like lows that we both experienced and things that we went through. And I think what's interesting with something like that, you see it on social media, it looks lovely and beautiful. And like, I spoke on that in multiple times where things don't always appear as they actually are. And there's always more moving parts to it. So I I almost wanted to highlight that just because you see it as this like, oh, crazy, amazing experience, which it was. And there were great things about it. And I'm very grateful for certain parts of it. But there was also these other layers that happened. One thing that you might have seen on social media was we got to see each other somewhat often. We got to see each other every like week for the first few months. And then it kind of dwindled towards the end. But we try to really make a point of a finding a way to see each other. That was really hard, though. They made it really hard for us to see each other. Somewhat understandably, because we were doing a show during still some height of COVID. We did the show in March, April, and beginning of May. So there was still some COVID stuff going on. Things were just a little unclear. So there was rules that were really put in place, which we knew going into it, but it seemed or it felt like those rules were only being applied to certain people and in certain moments. And I think one is because I asked permission, which going back, I probably wouldn't have asked permission. I would have just done it. But because I'd asked permission to see him, he had to go through all this testing and they made it very hard for us to just like see each other. Where for other people, they would have them fly in and stay in the hotel because they didn't ask. They didn't really know about it. So it was okay. But because I asked every time moving forward, I had to keep asking. So it was really hard for us to see each other, which added another element of like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and not only see each other, but like there was times where like in Knoxville and we wanted to, like you were going to be able to stay with me another night and then maybe fly to New Orleans. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't let you. 
It's yeah. like, why not? Because, like, I'm getting tested. Mm-hmm. You're going to test her when she gets back. And you have to wear a mask on a plane. So, like, what's what's the issue? Yeah. So, I don't know. It was just Which stuff is, like that. They were comfortable with people flying in and being a part of the experience and staying in the hotel with them without being tested. But they weren't okay with him being tested and coming in and me flying by myself. It was more of, like, me having to fly that they didn't like, which... I somewhat get, but because we're mixed with all these other people doing different things, it was very hard to be like, why am I being treated one way where other people are being treated this way? I shouldn't have asked. I've learned to that, you know, don't ask. Yeah. And then <laughs> I, just I, do what you want. Again, but. to come to their defense a little bit, like I get, there hasn't been too many times in history where you've had to kind of relearn what the new normal is after mm-hmm. a pandemic, right? Yeah. I think they had good intentions initially when you start dealing with you know different people and different personalities sometimes you let things fly a little bit that you kind of bring the hammer down on and on up with other people and when you start losing control of that it makes it look very bad from an outsider's point of view yeah so that kind of fed into my frustrations as well because it was almost like i obviously knew that they weren't trying to like intentionally not let me see her make this more difficult than it already was. But I felt like because I didn't come from the show, I wasn't on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or whatever. I did. I wasn't awarded the same privileges. They acted like I was like I was a fanboy. Like in yeah. reality, again, love, love Becca, love Thomas. Like I love every anyone that I've met from yeah. the Bach- Bachelor franchise have, has been nothing but cool to me. They're awesome. But at the same time, like I don't, I'm not starstruck. Yeah. Like I, it's not like I wanted to be there so that I could like get autographs and like take pictures with people. Like I just wanted to see my fiance. Yeah. And I think they thought or had like an idea of me a couple times. I wasn't even allowed to be in your dressing room, even though I was with you all day. I just wasn't allowed to be in your dressing room yeah. or like backstage. It's just like Where it's petty would... stuff like that. It's like, and the comparison was if we had a guest from bachelor nation in any given show, they were allowed backstage in our dressing rooms, hanging out and catering. They were allowed to do kind of whatever they were tested once they got backstage, but he wasn't allowed to come and just hang in my dressing room. Even though I was tested, Even tested though he was negative, tested like and multiple times. Yeah, and we're engaged. It was so it was things like that. We're like, okay, um, but it's, make it it's make gonna be sense. different for me. Yeah, I, make it make sense. You know, so it was a lot of that and like a lot of frustrations, and we struggled through a yeah. lot of that. We really did. There was a lot that I learned from this process that I actually am very grateful for, and some things that I think will change a lot for how we operate as a couple and how I understand myself. Now it's like, what I, what do I do with this information? There was a specific time that we had a conversation where you kind of got an understanding of where my head was at. And again, I'm not proud of thinking this way or being this way, but it's just something that I'm overcoming. And I, I think would, it's natural though. Yeah. I mean, it's not anything to be ashamed of. Yeah. I do have shame around it, but I think owning that I do is helpful for me to process it. But do you want to tell me? Tell the story. We had a particularly particularly difficult day. Um, I was at the office and like didn't really have a whole lot of time to talk to you. We had not had a good conversation the night before just because it was like Wi-Fi was bad or something. Like yeah, and we had to keep like calling each other back. That happened um, a lot. Happened a lot. Wi-Fi was trash everywhere we went. But she sat down like in her dre- or like in her dressing room or whatever and was like telling me about the night before and she was like, Yeah, so I went to the meet and greet and like some girl walked up to me and like had to ask me what my name was and then like as she's telling me this, like I can see her bottom lip trembling and then she starts crying and I was like, Okay. 
Like, it, it makes sense now. Like, it makes sense why, partially why you wanted to go back onto this tour, because it's familiar to you. Part of you maybe likes being in the limelight a little bit and, like, likes when people recognize you and still being recognized as part of the Bachelor franchise. I had to make the very tough decision to bring that to her attention without her hating me or resenting me because I wasn't doing it to like rub it in her face and say, see, this is why you're on tour. And like, this is why you left. I was doing it to say, okay, I've known this since the day you left, but you need to recognize that like you're getting worked up about people who ultimately don't care about you or aren't giving you the same effort that you're going to give them or that you've been giving them and that you've always given them. And that's fans. They're awesome, but not everyone's going to know your name. And that's fine. Like, who cares? To just the tour in general. And again, a lot of it is stuff that's out of their control and like things that they thought they were doing right by people. But in in the end, it's, you know, they were kind of doing things for the wrong reasons or maybe implementing different sets of rules for different people whatever. And just the Bachelor franchise in general. Like we we both have a habit of this. I'm not saying this is this is all you because it's definitely not. But like when you realize that you're giving more effort or more you're just giving more in general to people who aren't going to ever like give that back to you. Like that's a it's a tough pill to swallow, but it's one that needs to go down. Because the sooner you realize that, the sooner you're able to move on from that and give your effort, give your everything to people like your friends, like your family, your parents, your brother, like active, like podcasts, teaching at AKT, like you're able to give more to those who are deserving of that and who are going to reciprocate those, that effort, that those feelings, like that love. So the sooner you're able to realize that, the sooner you're able to basically say fuck off to everybody else who's not giving you the same. Yeah. And like focus in on the people who are. And again, I'm not saying me. I'm just saying, you know, again, your parents, Dixie, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, my family, your family, our friends, like again, it was it was very tough for me to like bring that up because it's something that I've been thinking about since the tour started. Everyone is telling me, well, you just need to be supportive. You just need to be supportive of this. And it's like it's tough to be supportive of this when I am watching her get treated like shit. They're now treating me like shit every time I want to see you. And I'm just supposed to be like, oh, yeah, everything's hunky-dory. Like, this is cool. This is so cool that she's on tour with these Bachelor people. Like, it's just not It's just not the person that I am. He's very realistic. <laughs> yeah, so then my eyes are open. And again, that's not something I'm proud of. That's not also not something that just goes away overnight. You, that's now what I'm working through. It's like, why am I putting my energy and why do I put so much value in people that don't even know me or this franchise or all of these things that are outside of myself and what I should probably be prioritizing. It's not something I'm proud of or what I want to continue doing moving forward, but it's tough to not realize that you're doing it. And then to be given a clear example and understand, okay, yeah, I have been doing this. Fuck. Now what? Like, how do I, how do I stop doing this? Have I been doing this for a long time? How do I get over this? thing that I have to overcome. I think I've always had problems with wanting people to like, like me or getting people's approval. That's always been something I've dealt with. And I thought I had overcome it, but it was just like, oh shit, now I have more work to do here. So it's very like therapeutic and helpful. And it's only going to make me better by understanding that and not doing that anymore. But it's again, not something that you can just 
flip a switch and be like, I'm fixed. I understand. I don't do this anymore. So that was another layer that was brought up. And now I am actively working to not do that anymore because it's, again, I think it's only held me back when I put that value on people who don't deserve it or exerted my energy in all these ways, instead of just channeling on channeling into the things that matter. Yeah. I mean, it allows you to like not sit back on your heels and like, wait, wait for them to like give you the, the same attention and effort. Like it allows you to be like, okay, I'm not doing that shit anymore. Like I'm going to focus on what I want to do and I'm going to do it now. I'm not going to wait until I hear from them or, you know, hear from this group of people. Like if they want to, you know, use me for this, like I'm going to do what I want to do. Eventually they're going to see my worth and it's probably going to be too late for them. Yeah. Sucks. Like, sorry, but that's just, that's just it. That's life. Yeah, but it's a matter of me seeing that within myself and not worrying about what other people see. It's like, do I see it? And do the people that matter see it? That's what matters. So that's what I've I've learned and taken away. What have you, what have you learned and what have you taken away? I've learned that I'm a lot more physically and emotionally dependent on Sydney than I would ever care to admit. Or I was not in a good mental state throughout this entire time. Again, didn't have a lot to do with you being gone. It had a lot to do with you are not just my girlfriend or just a girl I'm like talking to now through a pandemic. Like you're my fiance. We've lived together for two years. Like I worry about you all the time. That doesn't just go away because you're like, oh, I'm fine. Oh, she says she's fine. Then I guess I'm good. That doesn't happen. I've also realized that like I've been suppressing a lot of my, I don't want to call them demons, but I've been suppressing a lot of my stressors and like things that have been bothering me for a long time that have nothing to do with our relationship. They more have to do with, you know, do with work or my health. Like there's things that I can't avoid and I'm starting to have to take them head on. But a lot of those things I was forced to deal with on my own while she was gone. I did have to face them head on and I was forced to be with my miserable self alone 24 seven. And I realized that I've allowed those stressors and the things that, you know, have been bothering me to change me into somebody that I don't really necessarily like to be around. And I know that she doesn't. So that was big for me. She like would admit that like, I I would see things that I have done not, not like malicious things, but like conversations that I didn't want to have or saying no to like taking her at like she wants to go to a new restaurant. And I'm like, I don't feel like doing that. Like small things like that that have added up. But I saw myself doing those things. Like once I took a step back and I was forced to deal with it head on, then I want to change. Like there's there's a lot of things that I was able to take a deeper look at as far as our relationship where I'm like, she deserves better than that. And I have not given her everything that I can give her. That changes now. A lot of that stuff I wasn't able to change until you're back here. Yeah, right? it's tough. It's tough. There's certain things that I could change immediately. Just like how our conversations went, like on FaceTime or whatever. But that was kind of the biggest thing for me was, you know, I learned that I'm not as easy of a person to be around, I guess. <laughs> no. The last several months for me have been have been uh, stressful just with just with work and whatnot. And, you know, not one person in particular, just there's a lot going on. And I've done a really poor job of keeping that stuff at work. Yeah. And not bringing it home and allowing it to affect other aspects of my life. So we're not offering any advice on anything. We're just, we wanted to share the experience and show you guys what we went through and reveal things that might have happened that look differently on social media. I just think I always find it interesting and I always appreciate when people do that. So I wanted to do that for all of you out there. 
take it or leave it because I am no longer concerned with what other people think necessarily, but I just wanted to offer this experience because it was very unique and I really appreciated all the people who offered advice as far as long distance help and all of that great stuff, which I think this is not an example of long distance. This is an example of a very weird experience that not really anyone really goes through unless maybe you're in the military, which is a completely different thing. But yeah, we really struggled through this and it opened both of our eyes to a lot of stuff. And I only see it as a positive now that we've like overcome it, but it was, it was challenging. And that's why I don't want to offer advice on like my best tips for doing long distance because we were shitty at this. We did not do well. We really didn't handle it well. But I think what we're taking away from it is that we are a unit. We are a couple. We were removed from each other. And I think that we leaned both of us into kind of doing our own thing during that process. But I was able to really understand like we are a couple. Like we we get to move forward and make decisions together and have these discussions together. And it's not all about me and it's all about him. For my whole life being single forever and him being not in a relationship forever, I just always was used to doing things on my own. And like, I got this, I'm independent, I'm great, but it's nice. I'm like, oh, I can lean on him. We can make decisions together. And it's actually a big relief. And it's just something that now we get to like lean into more and develop and cultivate. And not only is it a relief, but it's like absolutely necessary. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, Marriage. I think if I would have had, and we've talked about this, but like if I would have had a little bit more of a say in like this decision for you to go, not only would I have probably been more supportive of it and told like I would have also again told you to go, but I would have had to own that decision for myself. I don't know. I don't think I would have put as much pressure on you to make sure that you're being taken care of. If that makes sense. Like I would have been like, well, I listen, I told her, like I ultimately told her that I think this is a good decision. So I need to like trust in the fact that like we together as a couple have made a good decision for her to do this. Whereas that just really wasn't the case. So the whole time I had to be okay with a decision that somebody else made that ultimately affected both of us. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like there was a time where we were like, okay, what now we learn all these things. I'm not fully happy. I'm like somewhat happy when I get to do the show, but there's all this other stuff going on. Like this is really hard. Is it going to be worth it in the end? Like there was a time where we weren't sure we were going to make it to be honest. I think both of us were like, oh shit, not actually like we were going to break up, but there was definitely some difficulties that we were unclear how we we're going to make through it. Yeah. I mean, this is the first time hearing about this. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. um, You're totally joking. I'm joking. Yeah. I mean, I think there was a, there was a couple times where we had a rough day or we had a rough span of days and I'm sitting here thinking like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, if this is something she chooses to continue to do and I, I just have to sit back and be okay with it. I don't know if I'm the right person to be supporting her in this life. Because at the end of the day, it, even though this tour was ultimately about you and it was for you, like I wasn't dancing, you don't want to see that anyway. Um, like there's still other people involved. And it's not that you wouldn't support me in like doing what I want to do or like having my own life and dreams and work, but it was like not supporting me and putting myself in situations that... I am, I'm deserving of more than what I'm being handled, handed, accepting less yeah. than what I should. It's more of that side of it versus like me dancing. Or yeah, no, if, like listen, if things were done differently on their part, this could have been a completely different scenario. 
yeah, the distance would still be tough. Yeah. Like the being away from each other would still be tough. But like the nights of me like losing sleep, worrying if she's okay, like is somebody gonna break into the tour bus while they're like sleeping in the parking lot somewhere? Like she's or in a sketchy hotel, hotel. <laughs> like I don't like this. Floors. Yeah, like People are coming in and out, like bringing whatever they, you know, could possibly be infected with. Like it's you just worry. So I think if it was a more well buttoned up tour, I would have no problem with this, especially now that I've done it. Yeah. Like anything kind of is easy after this. Like and ultimately, if it was something that she was actually like passionate about, it wasn't like a a typical like performance. Yeah, it was very short, in my opinion. And I know nothing about dance, but I know that she's a good dancer based off of what I know about dance and seeing her. I just think that she should be doing more with that. Like she should be given the opportunity to do more with that. And I think settling for what they had her doing ultimately is what played a huge factor in my lack of support over the whole thing. Like I, the support was there, but it was there for her. It wasn't there for anybody else on that tour, essentially. It's opened my eyes to how I should be treated and how I should be asked to be treated. And when I'm being mistreated, I need to say things and like stand up for myself. And I didn't do that a lot. And as far as our relationship goes, like I only feel more connected and more strong in our relationship now because of how we've overcome stuff and I think the thing at the end of the day was we are a team and we're going to make it through this thing together. My bad was not having us decide it together and working through it before, but we got there eventually. And now moving forward, I just, I have this new understanding of we are a couple. And I, I think, I don't know if it's because this is my first experience, but I, I, I grasped it, but I don't think as fully as I do now. Like I get to do life with someone else. It's not, I don't have to just, be about myself. I don't have to just be about me. Like I have someone to lean on, which is wonderful. And I'm going to do that more and I'm going to support you more. And I think what we've also realized together is that the overall arching theme is like, do not take less than what you deserve and don't settle for like being unhappy or being in a situation that's not good. And I think that's with what you're doing, what I'm doing overall and not settling for like being unhappy or not settling for mediocre Mm -hmm. with anything we do with work with relationship with how we spend our days like why would we want to be living a mediocre life yeah or my biggest takeaway is just reiterating how precious time is and being away from someone for the right reasons is okay but if you're doing something for the wrong reasons or you're taking time for granted you know you don't get that back uh, listen, I've, I've had personal situations with friends who have passed away. Some of my best friends, you know, experiences with me being in the hospital and like almost losing my life, you know, experiences with my mom having breast and stomach cancer and like not really knowing kind of what the future would hold for her. Like time is so precious. So if you're going to spend time away from somebody, just make sure that it's for the right reasons and it's something that you can't afford to not do. If it's, you know, going away on tour or maybe you're in the military and it's, you know, defending your country is something you're extremely passionate about. Like, that's awesome. But just make sure that it's for the right reasons because you don't get that time back. And you don't want someone on the other end of that relationship to be resentful for any for any reason. So time is precious and any decisions that you make just to think about how they may affect somebody else. And that goes for me too. Like my decisions to handle the tour, you know? So that's my biggest takeaways.
That was beautiful. <laughs> we made it through barely. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, it was, it was not an oh, easy time, but as skin of our teeth, we made it through and I only feel stronger. I think we both can agree on that, that we're only stronger because of it. So I will chop it up to a positive experience because of those takeaways. So we just wanted to share that and connect and update you guys on how it went and what we've been up to. So that's, that's that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. If you have anything that you want us to talk through together, we're going to do these monthly episodes, Nick and I. So we just love to sit and chat. Not these type of monthly episodes. Not so heavy every time. I'm done with the heaviness. (laughs) Yeah, this was heavy. But we had, I feel lighter because of it. I feel like we got a lot off our chest and I feel like we needed to talk about it. So why not talk about it on a microphone? Um, So yeah, reach out. Let me know what you want us to talk on each episode. We do one a month or maybe more um, and we'll get it done. Share this episode with a friend, family, anyone that you love. And you know what? Why not give us a five-star review? Just throw one our way. Might as well. Um, Sending love and signing off. Bye guys. Oh, there you're shaking my hand. Goodbye. (laughs) Love ya. Bye. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow, as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously. Send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at Something to Share podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday.